You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Foundation Radio is brought to you by 10th Ward Barbershop. Serving the historic 10th Ward in downtown Lawrenceville, 10th Ward Barbershop is a full-service barbershop offering quality haircuts, beard trims, and hot shaves. Adam gets his hair and beard trimmed by the owner of the shop, Ryan Kane, and he loves the laser point precision cuts and lineup he provides to him and countless other satisfied customers. But you don't have to take Adam's word for it. WWE superstars Corey Graves and The Fiend Bray Wyatt frequent 10th Ward for all their hair and beard trimming needs. Right now, all all cuts and trims are by appointment only. So head over to their website at 10thwardbarbershop.com and book your appointment now with Kane, Jordan, and the rest of the team at 10th Ward Barbershop. That's 10thwardbarbershop.com. And we thank them for supporting the podcast. Foundation Radio is brought to you by The Dugout. The Dugout provides custom quality apparel at an affordable price. Modern style mixed with classic designs, you'll find retro t-shirts brought into the 21st century. Adam has several of his favorite t-shirts in rotation from the team at The Dugout, including customized Dudley Boys, Prince and the Revolution, and the Notorious B.I.G. t-shirts. Right now, if you purchase your items through their Etsy site and use promo code FOUNDATION, you'll receive 15% off your entire order. That's right, 15% off your entire order. Follow them on Instagram at the dugout brand follow the link on their etsy shop and use your promo code foundation for 15 percent off your entire order the dugout custom quality apparel at an affordable price if you haven't heard about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain it's free there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on spotify apple podcasts and many more you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started All right, take two. Why did I sound like Big Dong at the beginning there? <laughs> I don't know, but it's, it's so like, good. <laughs> I love this, man. Today's episode of Foundation Radio is brought to you by the law offices of Hawthorne, Stroman, and Rowe. Injured in a power bomb through a table? Did a magic doctor take you on a quest to find a hammer and then disappear into the void? Call the law offices of Hawthorne, Stroman, and Rowe and get your free consultation today. Our attorneys are on call 24 hours a day, 7 days a week to handle all your legal needs. Copyright issues, personal injury, every tort case you can come up with. We'll litigate for the justice you deserve. Call today for your free consultation. 1-855-555-BOOK. That's 1-855-555-BOOK. The law offices of Hawthorne, Stroman, and Rowe. We wrestle with justice. one 855- Book. one 855 book Buy one, get one subject to terms and conditions. Not available in all states. Additional fees may apply. The law offices of Hawthorne, Stroman, and Rowe are not actually lawyers. If you experience an erection lasting longer than four hours, please consult your doctor. Welcome to Foundation Radio. My name is Adam Bernard. Thank you so much for joining us today on this lovely day. I am here again with Sam Kreps, the executive voice of Foundation Radio. For more, Sam watches bad wrestling poorly. Sam Kreps, how are you? That's what I call it now. 
It's, it's officially SWBRP, the acronym that doesn't make sense. I totally forgot about the law offices of what is it? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you right now. Today's episode of Foundation Radio is brought to you by the law offices of Hawthorne, Stroman, and Rowe. Hawthorne, Stroman, and Rowe. <laughs> it's so good, dude. I totally forgot about all that. And I forgot that the executive voice could get that deep, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you threw any echo on that or not, but I uh, I enjoyed that thoroughly. I had to give that, just the, uh, pull that out of the woodshed so we can throw that on the beginning of this episode. But Sam, oh, we are boy. back for my favorite episodic 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 works too my favorite part of the show sam watches bad wrestling poorly swubber we got to get its own music at some point here too we got to get its own little like sam watches bad wrestling poorly do some like fantasy music and then like oh man that was terrible you know like something from last what was the wait so what did we decide was the the worst thing that you saw so far that was the kennel from hell match right kennel from hell is my least favorite of the three or how many we've watched now this will be number, um, <clears throat> number five here. So number five. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Because uh, as I recall, last time we saw a match that was at least like they were in the right ballpark, but they didn't quite hit the right approach. It was the zombie lumberjack match last time. Correct. Yeah. we. And that was a more zombie. recent thing. Yeah. I understand we're, we're dialing it back. Uh, to a slightly different era this time around. We are, Sam. Thank you for that lead-in. We are going all the way back to 1996 to a uh, pretty insane episode or say insane pay-per-view from WCW. It is Uncensored 1996. If you are joining us live as you're watching this, which we hope that you are, you're going to go to the uh, Peacock app either on your television or on your computer, and you're just simply going to type in uncensored. You're going to look for WCW uncensored. I'm going to go to season two, which is from 1996. And you're going to skip forward to two hours, nine minutes and 54 seconds to join us live on the broadcast. It'll start with a picture of Tony Schiavone looking right at you in the screen. Dusty Rhodes on his left and Bobby the Brain Heenan on his right. Sam, this is a particularly brutal match. Are you familiar with anything in this match other than Hulk Hogan? I'd probably need a bit of a refresher as to what this match actually is other than uh, we're talking cage here, aren't we? We are talking not just any cage, uh, Sam. We are talking about a doomsday cage match. Doomsday cage. It is two against like what feels like a hundred people, right? That's right. So it's Hulk Hogan. You did explain this to me. It's Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage versus Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Ming, the Barbarian, Lex Luger, the Taskmaster, Z Gangsta, and the Ultimate Solution. So I think I'm like four for as many as you just said, as far as knowing who the wrestlers are. I think I, I think I know who Z Gangsta is, though, because isn't that Debo? That is Debo. We talked yes. about this. We yeah, talk, okay. Debo. I'm remembering so, things. I, I've got a dad brain going, and uh, <laughs> I'm remembering things now. So And yes, so I do know who Z Gangsta is. Z Gangsta Not because is. of his ex- experience as a professional wrestler, but because of his, uh, his chain-stealing character persona in the movie friday one of my favorite movies of all time and i will full disclosure though admit that before we started this i was waiting for uh, adam to be ready to join me and i started to take a peep at the monday night wars doc that is on peacock and it immediately caught my attention because the narrator is the same narrator that did the uh the 10th inning of ken burns baseball documentary which is like 
something I watch yearly. So I'm hooked. I, I like that kind of story. Excuse me. <clears throat> I like that kind of story anyway. And um, I, I'm, I'm already drawn in. I've only watched about 15 minutes of it. But we couldn't start to see my experience, at least understanding of what the at least the late 80s into the 90s of professional wrestling means. And then uh, hopping into that attitude era that has my least favorite match so far. <laughs> Yes, the uh, the Monday Night Wars are definitely the Attitude Era. It's WCW versus WWE, and it's a great thing for you to get started on. I really love the fact that you're kind of diving into this now. Uh, dare <laughs> I say, is Sam Krebs becoming a, a low-key wrestling fan? I've always appreciated wrestling. I've just never actually watched a lot of it, um, and I love a good sports documentary. Mm. So um, if all I do is know everything there is to know by by gleaning information from sports documentaries, I'll probably learn a lot because that's like right up my alley. And I'll tell you what, uh, the WWE Network is, I would say in some aspects, in some instances, better than like ESPN Sports or HBO Sports. I mean, their 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 content is just out of this world. So I can I, dig it. I just recently got a chance to sit down and watch the Andre the Giant documentary. Uh, I think it was last weekend. Uh, it, was a, it was a WWE HBO uh, sports special. I was gonna say that's on oh, HBO Max as well. I think, man, dude, if you get a chance, if you haven't, if you haven't watched that, seriously, go out of your way to watch it because it was fucking good. Uh, yeah. What's What's not good though, Sam, is this match here, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Doomsday Cage match. This match is also famous for another kind of weird reason. Uh, the um, Ultimate Solution. His original name was the Final Solution, which right. we all know from history has something that the Nazis did to. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, problem with real Jewish people. Yeah. So I don't know if that necessarily was, uh, was thought out all that well. Um, this entire match was put together for, um, the, the Alliance to end Hulkamania. So it was right before, right around, like, I guess right before Hulk Hogan turned heel. Uh, this was uh, 1996. And I think Hogan went heel in July at bash, bash at the beach. But this is starting like really when, Hulkamania is on his downslide. Not anybody's really cheering for him anymore. He's already kind of becoming a heel uh, in some aspects, but uh, the alliance consists of members from the Dungeon of Doom, the Four Horsemen, along with the Ultimate Solution, and then Z Gangsta, who wrestling fans will know as Zeus from No Holds Barred, uh, the WWE film. From back in the 80s, they tried to recapture this moment in a bottle. Sam, this match is... Really, really bad. And you don't know anything about this Doomsday match, do you? The Doomsday Not cage match. remotely. Yeah, what makes... Is... So, similar to my questions about Lumberjacks. Yeah, correct. What makes a cage match different from a Doomsday cage match? So, there are different levels in this match. As far as I'm... If I recall correctly, it's been a very long time. Full disclosure, I haven't watched this match probably since it happened in 1996. Okay. Um, this was a a really really bad match. Uh, I don't even I can't even find the star rating on it. I think it was negative three stars, if I recall correctly. I'll try on to our pull very it accurate scale of stars. Of course, yes. Well, not on the Kreps rating scale, of course. Uh, trademark no. TM, uh, but uh, for from Dave Meltzer's uh, uh, totally ridiculous star ratings. But uh, this is uh, this is really bad. Uh, so we're gonna go ahead and and load this up. Sam, are you uh, at the time mark? right now i'm on a queue and uh listen if you want to go back and listen to the worst match he's ever watched uh or you know any of the other four matches that we've uh we've watched so far together go back to foundationradio.net you can find all of that in our archive and you can listen in as sam watches bad wrestling poorly sam are you ready oh i am all right i'm gonna count us down from three 
and we'll go we get started three two one play here we go you're looking at michael buffer michael buffer i don't know if this was sponsored by uh snickers i'm not sure this probably wasn't brought to you by snickers i can't say anything in a different voice until michael buffer isn't on the screen and the Mega Powers versus the Alliance to end Hulkamania. Actually, I'm surprised that they got away with calling them the Mega Powers, though. I'm surprised that uh, Vince didn't sue them for that shit. Because that was a, the tag team. That was what they were known as. Uh, Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan were known as the he Mega Powers. He probably didn't have intellectual property rights. I'm sure he did, I... man. King Elvis Presley, Tupelo, Mississippi. The fuck are you talking about? Ladies man? and gentlemen, let's get ready to watch bad wrestling poorly. My voice cracked there. <clears throat> okay, so I see now. Yeah, there's different like, levels. There's rules to this. This looks shit. like this looks like a, the set of Nickelodeon guts so far, <laughs> Dude, yeah. which I was a big guts. fan of. <laughs> guts. I love that show, man. Oh, I want. I just watching this. I want a piece of the Radical Rock. <laughs> if that's what they were giving away instead of a belt yeah. in wrestling, I, I'd be curious. I'm sure that I would imagine Hogan gets a, a piece of the radical rock at the end of this thing. Look at the scaffolding on the on that side there. Like, what the fuck is going on in this shit? I, I was going to say the scaffolding is odd. Yeah, I, I don't suppose like, is that part of the ring or is that just like, yeah, just leave it there till we're done. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they like climb in because I think the participants like there's a whole section of this that like they have to climb into the ring and into yeah. this contraption. So what we're looking so, at, you see the ring, and there's two levels of cage above it. And once again, we're back to one of my biggest criticisms of every single one of these is Ric Flair walks out. There's Ric Flair with Miss um, Elizabeth and woman uh, okay. walking to the ring. Um, but again, one of my biggest critiques of these, chain link fencing is not easy to see through. No, and on top of that, they're also putting all this fog in the cage, yeah. making it additionally harder to see so we're and there are people sitting likely an arena's length away from this in person watching this and it's it's I, I don't understand why of all things they could put up a chain link fence was the uh, like the hard good idea and we're and also watching woman and miss elizabeth walk the stairs to the top of like why are the val and Jimmy Hart too? Jimmy Hart's there with uh, Kevin Sullivan, who's the Taskmaster, uh, as well as Arnie. So I, I thought your microphone maybe cut out. Her name's just Woman. Correct. She's also known as uh, Nancy Benoit. Uh, who uh, was gotta uh, love the '90s that yeah, you could still uh, Chris Benoit call someone w- Woman as their character name. And I'll tell you, man, Woman is probably one of the best valets in wrestling uh, ever. I mean, she just doesn't get the the credit that she deserves, unfortunately, for. Some things that were completely out of her control. Yeah. Um, but she was I hear incredible. Z Gangsta. Oh, there he is. The Meng. Gangsta. Meng, the Barbarian. Here's Arn Anderson walking on a cage. And I don't know how these people are supposed to wrestle on this because that's really doesn't Arn Anderson great. right there that's, in the sweatsuit. That is him. Yep. Arn Anderson. He didn't wrestle much longer after this. He sustained a pretty he looks, back injury. The sweatsuit kind of gives him the somebody's dad vibe that's in the wrong part of the arena and wandered in had like <laughs> an extra beer or four and now yeah. the official is checking him out like bro are you all right that's oh, fine <laughs> come over I'm here champ. good 
I'm good. That will get this done. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there's they're closing the cage here. I uh, this is really difficult to watch. Like you were saying, it looks like a fucking optical illusion right it's, now. It's hard to see. Yeah. Regardless of whether it is difficult to watch because it is bad, it's difficult to watch because it is just difficult to look at. And I'm now also realizing that they're walking on chain link fence. Correct. And these guys are suspended above the ring, which is terrifying because at any moment they could fall through that. And none of them are small. No, these are big fucking guys. We're talking about guys that are 250. Oh, there he is. What you gonna do, brother? Mega powers. Seriously, I can't. Oh fucking, yeah! I can't fucking believe they got away with using that name. Honestly, I I can't. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Dig it, dig it. There he is, Hulk. Hulk Hogan, running wild right now. And they're already- I will say my my most familiar with Randy Macho Man Savage is his voice appearances on King of the Hill when. Uh, <laughs> He he shows um, Bill Dotrieve how to lift. <laughs> How's it going, sweets? I think that's him. If not, it's a very remarkable impression of him. But uh, and uh, comic book fans would know uh, Macho Man as a bone saw from the hmm. first, the Sam Raimi and Tobey Maguire Spider Man. Yes, I actually am familiar with that as well because uh-huh. we used to run around yelling bone saw. <laughs> And you can see the crowd going mild for these guys right now. Um, <laughs> well, and like there's this big gap where a ring normally is for yeah. a wrestling promotion. And this is off like a concert stage. I feel and like they're like basically in the nosebleeds, which is cool for those people, I guess. But like here, watch a bunch of wrestlers like gingerly step around because their feet are uncomfortable. It just seems oh, oh, now, and now we're going to here we go. We're just into it. Macho Man and Ric Flair are locking up, and here go Arn Anderson and say the Hulkster. Oh, Ar- Arn Anderson's realizing this is not the beer stand, uh-huh. and that he does have to fight. This is bizarre. The cage, like, look—he just almost went through the fucking. We'll top say of the cage, it's man. bending, and now they're having a tickle fight, and uh, Ric Flair is uh, getting his hair pulled at the yeah. moment. You can almost guarantee Ric Flair is going to bleed at some point, too, because that's just the shit that he did. He's going to cut his head open at some point. I was going to say, is he the, the head-cutting type that I've heard yeah. about? Yep. Okay. Ric Flair, is uh, he's going to juice at some point, is what they call it in the industry. I try not to use any industry words because, you know, I don't work <laughs> in the industry, but um, that's just the way people refer to it. So he's going to do something gotcha. called juicing. Uh, Hogan will do it, too, at some point, I'm sure. But In other sports, they don't call that juicing. <laughs> Um, uh, they call Alex, yeah, Ro- Alex Rodriguez did a lot of juicing, but he didn't cut his forehead much. This is um, I got I, I keep coming back to this. This is incredibly hard to watch just from a visual standpoint through the fence. It's like stand 300 yards away and watch them stomp on each other's feet yeah. through uh, a two by two steel bar that you can't see through. Um. Just yes, aesthetically all around. This was probably um, not designed for anybody to watch in person. Definitely this not. This was strictly thought of as let's shoot this for TV, and if people want to be there, fine. And they're probably watching on like the big monitors that are around the ring. But like for fuck's sake, it is just. Well, I can't help but notice that there's not a full house. 
Yeah, this was, uh, I can actually, let me see, let me go back and see if I can find any of the details of how many people were there at this event. 9,000 in attendance at this event. This took place March 24th, 1996 in the Tupelo Coliseum in Tupelo, Mississippi. And a dangerous situation, ladies and gentlemen. We are as high up as the wrestling matches have ever been before. Thank you, Tony Schiavone. Well, and so there you go. I'm about right. The capacity at that arena was 10,000. Right. I mean, they have some seats blocked off behind this cage, I guess, but like it doesn't look like anyone like on top of the fact that it's just hard to see. It's also hard to see if the crowd cares. Like you can't see any crowd reaction. And I feel like that's a big part. Now, uh, Hulk's now removing his his, uh, shirt. Yep, there he goes to intimidate the shirtless Ric Flair. And uh, now they're having a little slap battle. Oh, he's hulking up now. Yep, and now Arn Anderson's being choked with a uh, with Hulkster's T-shirt. Meanwhile, the other guys are just down there, kind of like, uh, you, "You guys still fighting up there?" So I just pulled up the uh, the Meltzer star ratings here, trying to find. Here we go. This was, in fact, I was correct. Meltzer gave this a negative three stars. This is uh, not negative any, three. Okay, negative three can't find the write-up for it but negative three stars i can i guess you can tell why at this point right the the minus stars is always a big one (laughs) i just i just i can't believe i guess the other part of it too as a wrestling fan i'm surprised that they went with rick flair and arn anderson in the beginning of this match as compared and to like, you know, Arn Anderson has not improved the first impression that I've had of him. Is he wearing loafers? It looks like this dude is wearing loafers in the room. It looks like he's wearing like jazz shoes and sweats <laughs> like he's going to dance rehearsal. Um, But why a sweatsuit was a good choice. I guess maybe he well, because typically escapes he, me. I typically he wears um shorts or like uh, like tights, like what Ric Flair is wearing, except they're usually red. Uh, but um, I guess because of the cage, I mean, maybe he was concerned about getting himself, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, he. I guess for that, that, that said, it's sense. smart. But like, since when has that been the uh, the thing? He's like wearing. I think he's wearing wrestling shoes. Uh, yeah, he's dare wearing, I say, he's not wearing boots. Like, there's not an official, like, you know. No, but like you know, yeah, like wrestling ra- shoes, like right. the that kind or something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what the fuck I'm watching. <laughs> so now Hulk is uh, getting his toes dragged across the chain link, getting cheese grated on his backside. And he's trying to give him, I don't know. Ar- like Arn's trying four. to steal his boots. He's like, yo, yours are way cooler than mine. He's giving him a figure four leg lock. It looks like Macho Man's almost out of here. He's getting his ass kicked. Ric Flair giving, going for a figure four leg lock in a cage. Suspended well, and three stories above a ring. I a think fuck. one of the biggest parts of this is because they're on this like floppy chain link, you're not seeing any of the typical like, I, I don't know if it's the right word, but like camp that comes along with wrestling, you know, your spring loaded floors, your turnbuckles and things like that. Like some of the stuff that these kind of guys really rely on. It's just a lot of them standing around and hitting each other. Yeah. <clears throat> And here's Hogan and trying now, to get out of the figure four and turning it around on Arn Anderson. 
Here's Ric Flair getting out of the figure four. That was an awkward release there. Well, oh, well, we got weaponry. And Ric Flair's like holding a piece of fence or something. We got weaponry. He just tossed something down like a spoon. This is like Alcatraz trying to buzz out of the joint here. Yeah, they are. I'd say they're calling it like a shank or something. <laughs> oh, and some kind of smoke that just went down. Ah, uh, yeah. To the man and the barbarian on one side. Lex Luger. Yep. Some kind of powder. So there's the, there's the, the Hogan heel shit right there. Up, oh, and now they're going to get out into the next level. They're trying to distract them so they can get out. To the shrine of the silver monkey. What the fuck is going on here? <clears throat> I know my hard-earned money in the 90s would have wanted to have been spent watching Hulk Hogan climb a fence. Honestly. And I think they've made it to the next level, which I think means Ric Flair and Arn Anderson are out. So they and just now, lay there. Now. Yeah, they're... I guess they're done. Yeah. And now we have Mangan the Barbarian taking Savage and Hogan to task. And here comes Kevin Sullivan. And so this cage is different. Yeah. Kevin Sullivan kind of looks like a fatter, shorter Hulk. Yes, that is correct. (laughs) And there's Lex Luger. And we are looking through the fence again. Hogan's got some chains around his face. I feel bad for these camera people. I guess they're on the scaffolding, though. Yeah, that's probably one of the reasons why the scaffolding is there. But this is yeah. this is just not not exciting, not thrilling shit. Kevin Sullivan taking no. a hard right to the, the cage. Luger punching him, which we missed because, you know. Oh, there was a fence in the way. Barbarian just gave it to Meng. You know, sometimes there are there there's good things when you have creative and you're trying to try out different things and you're trying to like, you know, spice up the product. I get it. But this is just not this just didn't land for me. Well, and the tech of nineteen ninety six did not make the production of this any better. No. It's all handheld cameras, all like alongside of the cage there's no wide angle like in a modern shooting scenario as a broadcasting guy you put a cable cam in the arena and you have a really cool tracking shot that shows a wide shot of like the whole part of the cage they're in yeah almost like your nfl flying cams that you see like that yeah um there's just so many other like even just from a production standpoint a broadcast standpoint i should really say is it just noticeably different? So now Hogan's trying okay. To so they have kind of that shot, but it's it's not really. It doesn't fit the the aspect that was you know four three square television as a lot of people call it now. It wasn't square. Um, well, now Hogan's just locked out Megan the Barbarian from one side of the cage. So they can't get through. Arn Anderson's trying to climb down because he can't get down because there's no. There's no ladder for him to get down. Yeah. So now they're trying to get through. And they're trying to open the cage, but no one's really trying really all that hard. Because it looks like well, it's just I opening. Say, as I uh, am 100% certain I didn't see on that was a lock for that cage. Well, there goes Kevin um, Sullivan trying to throw himself over the banister. For what reason, nobody fucking knows. Say, well, don't throw me over this, Hulk. Hey, Hulk. I'm going to stand here. Don't throw me over the scaffolding. But there's no Gee. fucking, there's no shit. There's nowhere for him to go. Yeah. 
He's just going to fall down on the floor. A story down, he's going to splat. Like, what the fuck, dude? He's actually up two stories, too. Which, like, would, defi- which would definitely fucking kill him. <laughs> it wouldn't hurt. I don't know if it would kill him, but it would not make his legs or his lower yeah. uh, spinal column feel great. Definitely the end of his wrestling career, for sure. All right, Hulkster. Back it up, brother. Let Fat Hulk back up on the scaffolding. <laughs> now he's going to throw him down the stairs. Meanwhile, Lex Luger and Macho Man are still just having it out. So now they're going to yeah. walk down, as you know most people do in those scenarios. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's trying to throw and now. Oh, he's going. He's going for the full oh, gooch yeah, there. Careful, buddy. Careful, my thermos, brother. Yeah. It goes over now. He's, Macho he's like, Man no. Is- yeah. I think it's no. It's I don't know off. what. I'm confused because they both walked down the stairs for Hulk to be put in that scenario. It like why? Now he's doing a couple of uh, obviously aggressive enough kicks to knock Fat Hulk down the stairs. What's his real name? I already forgot because I keep calling him Fat Hulk. <laughs> That's okay, Sam. I'll tell you. It's Kevin Sullivan. Kevin Sullivan. Right into a cameraman, which the shot was missed. I wanted to call him Kevin Anderson. That would have been close because uh, also <laughs> uh, Sam watches Bad Wrestling Poorly. He's brought to you by Anderson's Tire Rotation and Chain Link. <laughs> Anderson's fence Scaffolding set. and Chain Link Fence Emporium. <laughs> Expo Emporium down there. Bring us the rest of Hulk Hogan's hair and we'll give you 20% off your next install. Down there on uh, 29 by, by the Rudders. Not that Rudders, the other one. Now they're going in. Now they're going into a ring that has nothing to do with this fucking match, Sam. What is going on? And I, did he just take a microphone from Vincey? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Oh, that's Michael he's, Buffer. He's oh, it was Michael oh, Buffer. Man. I thought it was Vince McMahon. He's just hit. Oh, no, this is WCW. What the hell am I saying? That's <laughs> close. Hey man, um, it, I mean, it looks like Vince. I I would. It did him. kind of. Um, the shoulders weren't big enough. Oh, but yeah. Now, now they're just boom. in the ring. And the crowd. I mean, is, listen to the crowd. The crowd is going absolutely mild right now. <laughs> Listen, eh. <laughs> you know, this is the first thing they've done right, though. They left the stupid cage. I just had to give you a little taste of how that crowd sounds. I know Sam and I can hear <laughs> it, and I don't want to give it too long because I don't want to get a cease and desist from you know, yeah, the WWE you know, Network. But that, that content crowd, ID, that crowd was uh, was not having it, man. Oof. And Fat Hulk just makes this that much worse and then lex luger looks like he just learned how to walk over there like what is going on with this man well and let's just walk around and find funny things to use like right. oh here jump over the park hands like there's luger. now lex luger is giving him a nice uh a nice wave of the hair and uh hogan's really running. not selling those punches well hogan's trying to get up oh, a clothesline and let's be be clear, this is pretty much now happening backstage. Yeah, this is off the beat. This is path. not where they're even supposed to be wrestling. He just about fell completely backwards onto a high voltage outlet that currently has uh spotlights plugged into it. And somebody's bag. Yeah. That, like somebody's bag that, that It's the intern's up, bag. Yeah, setting up the set. Oh my god. How long have we been watching this fucking match, dude? It feels like forever. <laughs> It is going on for a while. We've been watching for 20 minutes now already. And uh, they're just kind of running into the fences. Insert fart noise here, dude. I will say, I believe we're still missing a few wrestlers, aren't we? We're missing two. We're missing Z Gangsta and the ultimate solution. Right. 
Those are the, the last two inside of, and I think they're going to be in the ring. Now, remember, Zeus, Z Gangsta, Debo, he wasn't a wrestler. He was an actor. Okay. That they I was going to say, I only know him as an actor. They incorporated him into Survivor Series, I think, 89 as a tie-in to Hogan's to the, No Holds Bar movie. But mm-hmm. he was not, I mean, they, they masked it. He, just, he wasn't very good, and he knew he wasn't very good. Like, nobody, nobody was mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, Zeus is the next, like, you know, Andre the Giant. But, you know. Kevin brought, Anderson, Fat Hulk, is now tearing down the uh, scaffolding. Wait, Hogan's hulking up now. Oh, boy. Watch out now. But that's the thing is, if, I think a lot of this was Hulk hulks up. I think Kevin Sullivan husks up. <laughs> I think they're trying to, like, bring back a lot of that 80s Hogan stuff, you know? The throwback to the mega powers and the, the, the Z gangsta shit. Like, it's just, yeah. you know, and the, they're trying the, to the alliance, sell something that people aren't buying. Right. The alliance, the end Hulkamania. I mean, I I'm not surprised that Hogan went heel shortly after this because it was really just. You can hear the crowd. I mean, you can hear it on your end, but I don't have it on the recording mm. here, but no one's really all that hyped about it. And that changed the face of wrestling, brought it back. This, uh, well, and I, now, I know that WCW was a product of the Southeast, but I know for a fact, too, that if you want a big promotion to go over, you do it in Tupelo. <laughs> That's the Mississippi is what I think of when I think of, oh, we want to make a, a mark on uh, a big portion of the country. No Too offense old. to anybody if they're from that area. I'm not exactly from a big area myself either. But yeah, Camp, Camp um, Hill, Camp, all the way from Camp Hill, Pennsylvania. Yes. Now you're next to the other rudders, right? The first one that we said that Anderson's wasn't <laughs> yeah. near. The other not one, that right? one. Yeah, yeah the, the other, other one. one. Got it. All right. Yo, rudders is fucking boss though. Let's not let's not front <laughs> here. Those. Uh, I've those- actually. I think I've turned heel to the to the rudders and is more, I'm more of a sheets guy these days. Uh, you, you've gone Hollywood Sam Kreps, I see. I have, um, yeah. There's Hogan smashing a green chair, which green steel is confusing to my brain for some reason. I don't know why that chair is green. But here he goes. He's kissing him up to the sky. Uh-huh. Go to get him. Go to get him. Uh-huh. And look at this. Everyone's exhausted. Everyone's gassed. They're, yeah, they're they're called blown up. They're all fucking especially exhausted. especially uh, Fat Hulk there. Yeah, <laughs> Fat Hulk. Oh man, wow. He is a uh, surprisingly muscular for being such a big boy. Like the opposite well, of me. I'm, I'm just gonna fat say, now. I'm mostly calling him that because of the juxtaposition to actual Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And the proximity they've spent to one another and the fact that they're both wearing the same color scheme. Yeah. And Hulk wears it a lot better than Kevin Sullivan does in that like lightning diaper that he's wearing. (laughs) The lightning diaper. Lightning diaper. Courtney calls Miz. uh, She talks about a shiny underpants like we talked about. Shiny underpants. Yeah. So the lightning (laughs) diaper is going to be great. I can't wait. Lightning diaper. And that angle is not doing it any more favors. The lightning diaper, you guys. That's a better name. If you're just joining us, Sam's talking about lightning diapers. If you're just tuning in to the podcast you clicked on. (laughs) Oh, here she is. Court, come and check out this lightning diaper real fast. Lightning diaper. Here he is. That's good shit, man. Come here. This guy right here. (laughs) 
Okay, here we go uh, here now. He is, the ultimate yep. solution. There's the Z gangsta. Look at the size of this fucking guy. Look at the size of those those man boobs. I'll see him over here in a second. But like they're muscular. It's scary. Lightning diaper. Did you say There's that's Dr. a Dr. Robotnik? Would you say that's a, you say that's a lightning diaper? Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> there he is. Z gangsta is already blown up. He got his gold gym uh, uniform on too. Yep. What's with this guy's? What's with the freaking camo? Those are some pants. What's with the freaking face paint? What the That's fuck his, is going on here? Who is this guy? Who? I'd have so to. So now we're going back. back in the cage. I'd have to watch it back to see if they gave any like context to this guy because there is zero to understand about this. Oh, Hogan is just like, who is this guy? Look at the size of this guy. Who am I going to do? Pointing at him. Typical Hulkster shit. The gangsta. So now they're on a ring in the cage. Just smacking himself. That shot would have been dope if they would have been facing the right way. Yeah. Some kind of camera camera angle properly. Say paramilitary Pete has his Gene Simmons makeup on <laughs> and he's fighting Hulk right now. Wait, you missed that part. They turned the fucking lights down. Did you see that? They turned the lights down on the other part of the ring, like on the other side where they were just wrestling. <laughs> I totally you, missed that. You couldn't that, see but... anything from that camera angle because nobody's fucking paying attention. Yeah. The fuck, like, you can, how can you see this? Yeah, this is not the easiest thing to see. They're just like under this like ambient purple lighting right now. And Zeus is just screaming the whole time. Why does Kevin Sullivan have a stick? Well, he was like taking apart the scaffolding before. Oh now God. he's just poking people. What the That's fuck, a monopod dude? from a camera. What am I watching right now, Sam? He has a monopod in his hand. I recognize that anywhere. <laughs> or it's like a broken tripod leg or something. Why is everything purple? And why did Macho Man just think that Zeus Z Gangsta was actually going to sell that? <laughs> Dude, this is fucking bad. This is the worst part. Now of they're just. I gotta they're, say, we're man, back to one of those matches where they're just kind of standing there. Everything was waiting for something to happen. Everything was like not bad. Like it wasn't terrible, right? Like the wrestling angles, right? Like the wrestling no, itself wasn't bad until they're just, right they're, now. They're clearly all gassed. Yeah. I mean, Hogan can't even sell an eye gouge that well. He is just fucking blown up. Look at him helping this guy across to get a move set in. Right. Like, what the hell is going on here? See, he's just like, he's just fucking phoning this shit in. They were over there. I don't know what they were. They were embracing for a moment there. And here goes Hogan and now selling this shit. Z Gangster just gets these stares. Hogan trying to sell it like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Now he's pissed off Z Gangsta again. Blocked, choking him to death. Gangsta another another wrestler look, featuring a writing on his head. Yes. Gold's Gym. Oh, you're right. I didn't even see that. Yeah, he's straight up just wearing a Gold's Gym like lifting belt, belt or pants or something. I mean, that was a thing in the 90s more so. Yeah. Still oh, a thing. There goes Savage with the ultimate wedgie right now. Say the, the ultimate hell, wedgie dude. solution. Jesus Christ, man. Like a 300-pound infant, I believe. <laughs> if he wasn't... He was just described as... If he wasn't in pain before, now he sure definitely is now. Man. Z-Gangsta is just... Look at that. Like... What the fuck? 
Macho Man going back up. Yo, I low-key loved the Zeus character from the 90s, man, or the 80s, dude. That shit was, was cool, but, man. That's in the 80s. It didn't translate well at all. I'll tell you that Macho much. Macho Man right has hurt his groin, and he's pulled. So he just pulled something. I think he just pulled s- smelling salts out of his tights or something along those lines. <laughs> I don't want anyone pulling anything smelling out of their tights right now. He did, though. He pulled something out of his tights. It's all over the Ew, ring now. Dude, what the fuck, man? I don't know if it was supposed to be like a, a weapon gimmick or something, but it looked like smelling salts or something, and now it's everywhere. Oh, I'm sure it smells. All right. Oh, there's Arn Anderson's usual gear right there. The oh, so he finally ditched the sweats. Yeah, I guess because he's not in the cage now. All right, well, um, a respectable outfit at the very least now. I think this may have been a thing where they were like, Rick, Arn, get in there and fucking do something. I'm not getting in there. Oh, well, I guess I can wear... Uh, you there's know. Jimmy Hart pissing his pants. Yo, Jimmy Hart's actually a pretty pretty cool dude. Uh, I've met him before. He's a really, really cool guy. What does he do? Uh, so he's a manager. He's one of the most like famous managers in, in okay. wrestling history. Um, and now he does a lot of like live appearances with Hogan and Ric Flair and, and you know, he does a lot gotcha. travel, but, but he's like super respected in the industry and just a really, really nice guy all around. I've never really heard an un, untoward or unkind word about Jimmy Hart as far as I know. Cool. Um, well, while we were mentioning that, I, I will say that, um, Macho Man did just sell a pretty nasty throw over the, over the ropes, like one of the things that actually looked a little bit more like legitimate <laughs> except he probably hurt his head doing so oh dude look at all that powder yeah and he's still pulling it out he has some in his hands right now what the hell? he just dumped it everywhere that's not powder sam that's cocaine brought to you by anderson's cocaine <laughs> supply and cowboy emporium if that's what that is oh there's the booty man booty man just gave them uh some powder some then some frying pans bonk Bonk. <laughs> Some very a, dented frying pan. What is this? A Stooges add. routine? What the fuck am I watching, man? I was gonna say yeah, 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 yeah. The booty man was uh, the former Brutus, the barber beefcake, carrying around Hogan's weed, doing anything to stay in this company. <laughs> the funny thing is, you can kind of see they're having to go very gingerly with the frying pans, or they're yeah. going to break them. Lex Luger. Coming back in the ring. Man, now we're in a clusterfuck. And if you're just joining us in this podcast <laughs> you clicked on, we're at 31 minutes oh. on this match now. And we're also, if you're keeping track with us on your, uh, your Peacock app, if, you've, if you're still tuned in for some reason, it's two hours, 40 minutes, 36 seconds, 37, 38. And uh, he's got a glove. glove is a, loaded. A weighted glove. Oh, boy. This is just falling apart fast, isn't it, guys? But, but don't. Then he hit Ric Flair well, I, for he some just, reason. Yeah, like he just stopped and hit He didn't Flair. like miss. He hesitated and then just smacked Ric Flair Locked instead. Him. Okay, and, and Savage looks like he just got out of spring break 1984 <laughs> covered in white powder. One, two, three, and that's the end of the fucking match. That ends the match, obviously. This is when Bill ringing. When there's he got 10 him. people in the ring. They have survived. That's what ends it. They have survived. Savage can barely walk. Whether or not they may have survived a match, whether or not. Hey, there's Kenny Powers. Um, Uh, Yeah, there's Kenny Powers from last time. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
whether or not they survived any amount of legitimate story arc through the process of what was this cage, this doomsday cage, uh, I don't know. Because I don't know that I understand a lot of what happened, especially in the middle. Yeah. Because it's still kind of going on right now. And where did Meng and the Barbarian go? Did they just disappear? I feel like they just left the match. Well, they turned the lights off on them, so they just decided to be done. I'm like, well, I guess we'll hit the shower. I don't want to be a part of this fucking clusterfuck anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I... Oh, man, that was really that a very was... unceremonious exit for about 20 percent of the matchup. And here we go back to there. All right. Well, that was the doomsday cage match. Everyone looks confused. Dusty Rhodes doesn't look happy. Everyone's trying to figure out how to call this match. And uh, that's always one of the more interesting parts is how hard the announcers try to rein it in. Yeah. Knowing that what they know while they're watching that this wasn't especially successful and you can see look at how empty the upper decks of yeah the arena already are that's not like we shot this you know in post way after the fact this is that many people left during the match because this was the end of the promotion that night yeah like that should say it all like the the crowd was not hyped the crowd was not excited it's like leaving when your team is losing you know like by a few touchdowns and you want to beat traffic. Yeah. Yeah. That was, this is definitely a, a, uh, the, the fat that the in the moment crowd response to this match, like you can clearly tell that no one was interested. How could you watch it from the upper decks anyway? Is the, you know, like how could you even see what was going from the on beginning from up at the top on the sides was probably cool, but you know, not, not toward the back of the arena. There's those those awkward guy in his uh, his son staring at the camera from behind them though, and that is the end of and just technical director Rick. Can we can we say can Rob, we marvel Neil. at these credits right now? All just first, first names. names. Kip, Annette, Un- uncensored, but we're not going to reveal the last names of anybody who actually put a lot Over. of hard work into this production. Yeah, we're just gonna Woody <laughs> Woody the stage manager. Thanks. Yes. Well, that Way to was, go, Moses. That was the Doomsday Cage match. And uh, where would you rank that in our <sighs> list of... That's a tough one. Um, well, let me ask you this. Let me, let me rephrase it. Was it worse than Kennel from Hell? No. That's the worst Kennel still. from Hell is still, as far as I'm concerned, the gold standard of bad wrestling. Yeah. I want to say this sits ever so slightly above Hogan Warrior. Wow. So number two. Only because at at least there was an attempt. I feel like Hogan Warrior, there was not... I, and when I say above, I mean not as bad. Right. Um, but I feel like in, in that match, there wasn't anything that I considered, like, you know, athletic prowess being shown to sell the match i feel like that was at least the case at certain points of this one but i think all of the worst matches as far as i'm concerned feature the chain link fence and trying to do more than you know have a gimmick on the actual ring itself having a secondary ring was 
an odd choice. I can't say I would have done it from a production design standpoint. Um, but then having all those layers, it's just hard to see. Yeah. It didn't look that great on TV and it definitely didn't look good in person. Like it was probably different at the time and maybe exciting. And is this the only time they did this format? This is the only time that I'm aware that they did a doomsday case. So, Cause remember too, like I said, this is May or March of 1996. Hulk Hogan's going to turn heel in a couple of months and it's going to revolutionize the industry. So all of the time for all these gimmicky shit, all this weird stuff that they're trying in WCW and in WWE, all these weird characters that that all goes yeah. to the wayside because it becomes a more realistic product, right? Realism is what yeah. they're pushing. So all this crap goes away. Okay. So yeah, I mean that in and of itself makes sense that, you know, this was an attempt to try and change things, but clearly this wasn't the right angle. Um, it, it's definitely not as, uh, not as close to an attempt as what I saw from the lumberjack zombies. Um, it didn't really, and I don't have any context, so I don't know if any of the references add up to anything else, but yeah, I just, I feel like at times it was just, they, I feel like they lost the 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 train of thought as to where the match was supposed to go and then they just started to improvise and when you have that many as from from experience on stage when you have that many people all trying to improvise at the same time and you're not necessarily like adding to what one another is all doing in an improv it just looks chaotic yeah, and you get lost, and at some point, you have to just recognize that it's fallen apart, um, which they had to do at one point when they brought Hulk back over to the cage. That was somebody being sent in saying, "Get them back over to where we have the match set up because this doesn't make any sense now." Is what I'm imagining happening, and when you know they're running around backstage, yeah, they're pulling apart scaffolding, trying like. I guess the last time we saw Fat Hulk was when he was poking into the the fence with the stick. Right. Yeah, I mean, which it's is a great way to go out. By it, the way, it's literally doing anything they can to salvage whatever the fuck this actually is at this point because it's and not good. I think it gets it gets demerits in my mind for being so un, unfortunately long. Yeah. Like that was definitely um, that was definitely like ten to twelve minutes too long. It was yeah, at least. I mean, that match ran over a half an hour. And I understand there was a lot of characters they had to get through, but pacing was a problem. The first twelve minutes or so was up on the top cage. Like that should have been you know, there should have been some I feel like that's something that wrestling lacks because of its kind of lack of structure in that regard, is like if they were if i were developing this it would have had some more direct involvement from the the referee almost from like a timing thing i don't know just even if it's not necessarily like on display for an audience like um some way to push the pace cuz i feel like that's what really killed it for me i yeah. lost any interest in it as soon as it was like well now they're just standing around there's nothing pushing them to keep going. There was no goal no. of getting to the bottom of the cage. They didn't really explain any kind of like 
The other match we watched, the idea was to get out of the cage. This one, they were going further and further into the cage, as far as I could tell. Like, and also too, it's like, what's what's the like? My my thing is always like, what's next? You know, like when I watch a match, or like when I watch mm-hmm. the other match, what what's next here? They didn't follow up with really anything on this. Like it's just it just kind of nope. died. Like it just didn't go anywhere, and, and nothing happened after that. And it was just like, okay, well, and the conclusion was what uh, Randy Savage pinning Ric Flair. But very like non, like it was nondescript. There was nothing yeah. that was like a big finish that it should have been. Like this should have been a this should have been something that was a huge finish, right? Something at this long, this involved, this in depth should have had a a much better finish. And yeah. a lot of the guys from w, WCW, the guys who used to book this and write the shows, will tell you that like finishes were their weak spot, right? They never really focused on the finishes the way that like if you watch. So if you watch a WWE match from this time, you'll notice that like the finishes are usually like the biggest part of the match, right? As it should probably be. Right. You're you're basically starting, you know where you're going to go, right? So if it's like Brock Lesnar and Sami Zayn, right? You know that Brock Lesnar, their idea, they're going to start saying, okay, Brock's going to go over on Sami. Now, how are we going to build backwards to get to this point, right? So we mm-hmm. get to this huge payoff. Here, they were like, okay, well, let's just do all this gaga and all this bullshit. But there's nothing in there that's like, okay, well, how are we going to finish the match? You hit Ric Flair with a fucking frying pan. You know, Lex Luger hits him with a glove and he just runs, literally like runs over and pins him and run out of the ring. It's like, what the fuck was that? Like, what? what? Well, and like, why does that end it? Right. Why is that the end of the match here? I don't understand. <laughs> like, like, what? what so was the what? Point? Yeah. There's no payoff. There's no goal here. So, yeah, dude, that was um, that was I would say for me, my rating going back on this now uh, using the Kreps sliding scale, of course, which we have to add a plus or minus <laughs> five to um, next to the rudders not the one we talked about before next to anderson's but uh yeah i would say this one was probably right under right under hogan warrior two for me like so it's, okay. it's kennel, kennel from hell hogan warrior two and then doomsday cage match this was just yep. fucking terrible so uh not as bad as kennel from hell but next time we get together here sam will be in 2022 uh next week we have the oh end of boy the, oh boy what a beer Next, uh, next coming up, we have our year-end uh, wrestling roundup. We talk about the top five wrestling events of the year. I'll be joined by my dear friend, Duke Bennett, from Duke Loves Wrestling Podcast. He'll be uh, assisting me with that show. Uh, and our first Sam Watches Bad Wrestling Poorly in 2022 will be World War III. You thought this was bad to watch on a screen. Wait till you see that. It's three rings, like 60 wrestlers. Right, you told me about this a little oh, bit. Oh, man, okay. dude. Wait till you see how bad this one is. I'm What's just, the time frame for this one as far as when it happened? I'm going to say this was between like 1993, 1994. Okay. And I, th- I think right up until like 97. I think they abandoned this gimmick sometime around 97 or 98. I can't remember. I'm going to mm-hmm. pick a random one because all of them are the same. You know, it's just like a okay. big, it's like a, it's like a battle royal or a royal rumble on steroids, right? It's okay. just, it's very, it's hard to explain, but we'll watch it together. Yeah. Uh, and that'll be the next one. So final thoughts. On the Doomsday Cage match, Sam Krebs. Chain link fences and pro wrestling were not meant to go together. And whoever thought of that idea in the first place doomed all professional wrestling moving forward. There's a reason that there aren't chain link fences in arenas. You can't see shit. And I hope they carry that lesson into 2022. Sam, this is our last show before the holidays are upon us. Merry Christmas, pal. Happy holidays Merry Christmas to you. and crappy wrestling. <laughs> we hope you get something better than crappy wrestling in your stocking this year. But 
We will return with more Sam loves or Sam watches bad wrestling poorly in 2022. And remember, guys, if you have bad wrestling matches you want us to watch, tweet them at me at this is Goober at FND Radio Pod. Sam is not on Twitter. Sam is not on Instagram. Sam is not on Facebook. But you know what? No, I'm on Instagram. Oh, you are. Oh, that's right. You're still on Instagram. At Slam Craps. (laughs) Slam with a B. Craps. The B is silent in slam. S-L-A-M-B-K-R-A-P-S. Feel free to hit me up on there. And we will watch anything you send our way. Anything. As long as it's terrible wrestling that Sam can watch poorly, we will watch it. So don't forget to send us your recommendations. Like I said, next time we come back, will be the uh, sometime around the first of the year. We're going to watch World War III sometime in the mid-90s for the executive voice, Sam Kreps. I am Adam Bernard, wishing you a happy holidays and see you again next year. Peace. Yeah. Foundation Radio is hosted, recorded, and executive produced by Adam Barnard. The show is also produced by Sam Kreps. Special thanks to Greg Mead, Joe Keen, Jeff Quinn, and Dr. Ruth Almy. Our intro and outro music is produced by Dumb Ugly. Find this episode and our full archive at foundationradio.net. Follow us on Instagram at foundation underscore radio. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your favorite podcasts. This has been a Foundation Radio production. Butts Carlton, proprietor. Butts Carlton, proprietor.